Friends, I'm so glad so many of you came out tonight to this morning. Not just because it's confirmation, although that's a good cause. I'm really excited you're here because I've got a problem. And I'm hoping you can help me. You see, I, I, I seem to have lost my source of joy. And uh, I think I lost it here somewhere. So if there's so many of you, maybe you could help me out, look around, and see if you can find it for me. Um, see if you can find something maybe in front of you or underneath you or around you that seems maybe out of place, like it doesn't normally belong there. I see so many of you moving around. You're so eager to help. Thanks so much. Have you, have you seen anything? A little out of the ordinary? Oh, did you see something? I think you did. What did you see? Look in, seriously, look in front of you. Look in, the, in where the hymnals are. Look underneath you. I know where I put them, so just look, they're there. Oh, oh, I see one. You found it. Oh, Gia, thank you so much. Here's the first one, right? Can you see what this is? Picture of family, right, and friends. Yeah, this is a, this is a source of joy for me. These, this represents my relationships, right? How many of you get joy from your relationships, right? I have to tell you... Um, I wasn't lying. I've lost my source of joy. My my wife took our kids to grandma's for a couple of days, and I I don't know what to do with myself. I uh, I'm going crazy being a bachelor at home. So um, truly, my source of joy is gone. They're thousands of miles away. Um, but yeah, you know, friends, family, they bring us a sense of joy. But this isn't the only thing. Um, is there something? Oh, Tim's found one back here. Thank you, Tim. Oh, this is a good one. I don't know what I'd do without this one. Right? Can you see what this is? Some awards, right? Yeah, how many of you get joy from being recognized for a job well done, right? Maybe you get an actual trophy, maybe it's a plaque, maybe it's just simply the, the boss stands up and says, let's welcome this guy, right? Um, good job. Yeah, sometimes we hang these up on our walls so we can look at them and realize, man, I can be filled with joy with these things. But I'm sure there's more. I see one back there. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I'd do without this one. Maybe some of you are on this right now. Right? You see what this is here? We got uh, my social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. I love using these things. I love posting pictures of myself, right, and seeing how many people like them. Um, it really makes me feel special. So find me on any of these accounts, follow me, and boost my ego by liking all my stuff. Um, but beyond that, right? I love posting pictures of my family. I know my family, extended family, loves to see pictures. And maybe the same for you. We like to see what, what's going on with everyone. And this makes it really easy to do so, right? Full of joy. Especially lately, um, maybe you found yourself on two camps, right? Raise your hand if you're a Yanny. A few of you. Raise your hand if you're Laurel. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay. Don't get involved. Don't get involved. I don't know how people hear Yanny at all, right? I'm totally Laurel Camp. I, I don't understand Yannies. All right, um, where's one more? I saw some pointings. Yeah, you see it? Right up here. Oh, oh, I think this is the best for last, right? This one here. This one has saved me over the last couple of days. With my family gone, I, I'm doing nothing but sitting and watching all the shows I'm trying to catch up on, right? If you have any shows that are in your queue that you would love to share with me, I'd be happy to add more. Right? I've got a few more days of nothing to do, so just let me know. But not just Netflix, right? Not, not just sitting at home watching TV. I love going to the movies. Maybe you love going to concerts, 
right, or going to cheer on your favorite sporting uh, team, um, or even participating in sports, right? Any sort of entertainment brings us a lot of joy. So yeah, we've got all these things. Thank you so much for helping me find them. I can finally be uh, joyful again. And, and with these things, we, we wouldn't participate in those types of things if they didn't bring us some sort of sense of joy or happiness, right? I mean, we don't intentionally do things that make us miserable, right? That'd be silly. So these things help to bring us joy. But maybe as I was going through them, uh, I know I, for myself, I was thinking, even these things that tend to bring us joy at times can also kind of leave us not with joy, leave us empty or frustrated, Right? I mean, if you think about, uh, there's only so many hours you can actually stay glued to a TV screen before you start to go a little nuts, <laughs> right? Before you realize, I'm wasting my time here. What am I doing? i got to get out and at least talk to somebody, right? Or how many hours and how much money you pour into sports or music or things, and maybe suddenly you realize, this isn't really going anywhere. It's not bringing me joy anymore. Or perhaps um, with social media. As much fun as it is to see what other people are doing and post your stuff out there, right? Maybe you're like me and you look at somebody else's feed and you think, wow, they're doing so many more cool things than I am. Their family seems to have it all together, right? They're always going to the perfect spots and they're posting the perfect things and they've got thousands of likes and I've got two. What's going on with me? So that can bring us a little down. And our relationships, as, as, Great as they are, you probably know that the people who are closest to you can also be the biggest source of frustration in your life. I miss my kids dearly, but goodness, some days I want nothing to do than to find a spot by myself and cry in a corner, right? People cause us a lot of grief and pain. Sometimes we wonder, man, is this worth it? Or even that, friendships or relationships outside of your family, right? Maybe you've suffered... Um, a really good friendship that has gone sour and maybe will never um, be reclaimed again. These, these things that were once sources of joy have now become um, sources of, of pain. And of course, there's only so far you can ride the wave of employee of the month, right? That's why they call it of the month, right? Next month, someone else is going to get that position. Or any of your other trophies or awards that you've won, as great as they may be, they're soon going to be collecting dust. Or someone else is going to come along and do something just as good, if not better than you did. And your light, your name that was up there in lights is soon going to fade to the background. These things that we look to for joy and happiness and meaning in our life can also leave us feeling empty. But we want to feel joy. And Jesus says something about joy today in our gospel reading. He says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full. Well, that's something. Not only can you get joy, but you can be filled with joy. You can be joyful. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you so that. It's almost a guarantee. So that your joy may be full. So what are these things that Jesus has spoken? Well, he says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. I think that's true, right? Love and joy seem to go hand in hand. The times when I've been most joyful are also the times spent with the people and doing the things that I love to do. And when love is in the picture, there's also joy, right? Abide in my love, Jesus says. So I think we should do that right now. Are you guys with me? 
Right? We're going to abide in Christ's love. On the count of three, one, two, three, abide. Can you feel it? It's almost there. No? Some of you are looking at it like I'm, like I'm nuts. Maybe you were faking the joy. You certainly wanted the joy. Yeah, you know, there is joy to be found in knowing that Christ loves you. And that's true. We'll talk about that. But we can't just sit here and absorb it. right? And even if you could, even if you did feel the joy, my guess is if you sat here for another hour longer, that joy would fade pretty fast. So is there something else Jesus is calling us to that leads to joy? Well, he says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Anyone concerned with that one? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Have you kept God's commandments? Confirmation students, all 18 of you, we sat together in my office one-on-one. and We talked about these things that we're talking about, right? Um, Ten commandments are an important part of the confirmation process. I'm going to boil it down to two. Jesus summarizes the Ten Commandments and he says, uh, the first and greatest commandment is to love God with all that you are. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. So that's just two. How are you doing with those two? I'm going to guess not so good. Just like me. Well, speaking of interviews, it is Confirmation Sunday, by the way, if you couldn't tell, by the uh, uh, delightfully robed uh, young men and women. We've got flowers up here. The colors are bright. It's also Pentecost. Um, but as I mentioned, these interviews... Um, they sat one-on-one with me, and I talked them through the faith. Now, I didn't want to leave you guys out there all by yourselves, okay? Um, I didn't want you to go through the interview process and let these people get off scot-free. All right, so you guys are all going to be able to participate in the same interview. And depending on how you do, um, we'll decide whether or not you get to stay. Okay? So this is a uh, call and response. This is an interactive portion of the message. Okay, so if you know the answer, let me know it. And as I told you, you probably remember, I start off with easy questions, then I go to harder questions, and come back to easier questions. And I start off with the easiest question of them all. In fact, if you get it wrong, you're going to have to pack up all your stuff and leave. If you, if you don't know it, just be silent. Someone else will answer. So, here's the first question that I asked them. In church, we tend to talk about one book more than others. What book is that? What? The Bible. Okay, good. Good job. You can all stay. That's nice. Now, we're getting a little harder. What does the Bible tell us about? Say it loud. Loud and proud. God's Word. Jesus. Okay. That's it. God's Word and Jesus. Well, we'll start with there. That's fine. Okay, some commandments. Good. Let's, let's talk about that Jesus person that you talked about. What does the Bible tell us about Jesus? God's Son. Louder. That's it, God's son. Wow, you guys are going to have to go. (laughs) Jesus is God's son. Yeah, that's good. He died for our sins. Hmm, wait a minute, Alyssa. Are you telling me, right here in front of all these people, that you are a sinner? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, To take it a step further, are you telling me that I'm a sinner? And are you telling all these people here 
That because Jesus died for their sins, that they're sinners too? Okay. Guess what? She's right. You guys are sinners. And I'm a sinner. How do we know we're sinners? How do we know? How do you know you're a sinner? Yes, George. We screw up. Yeah. Hold on. How do you know that you screw up? How do you know that what you do was actually wrong? A guilty conscience, okay? But how, where does that come from? How do you know that what you've done makes you feel guilty? Is there, is there some place you can look to, to ob, be objective? The, the Bible? What does the Bible say? Someone said it over here. <laughs> Which says what? Okay. All right, so there's where the conscience comes from, right? We also mentioned before those, those ten little commandments, right, where God has said this is what you're to do and what not to do. And as we look at them and as we read them and we hear what Jesus has to say about them, we realize we haven't kept them. We haven't kept those commandments. Not only that, the Bible comes out and says, <laughs> you've fallen short. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned to our own way. So we know we're sinners from the Bible, but that leaves us with a big problem. A huge problem. Right? Because the, the Bible also says the wages of sin is what? What do our sins get us? Death. So, sin and death. Sorry, people. You guys are the sin and death people. Right? The wages of sin is death. And that's where we live. We're sinners. We deserve nothing but death. And over here, you're welcome, people, is God and righteousness and life. Right? And we want to be over here where God is. But in the middle is this huge, impassable pit. How do you hope to get from here? Sin and death. It's over here where there's God and life. Jesus. What does Jesus have to do with that? What does he do? He died on a cross. How does that come to you? That happened 2,000 years ago, Diane. How does what happened 2,000 years ago get applied to you right now in 2018? I mean, here's the example I use, right? If, if you and I are friends, let's pretend we're friends, okay? I mean, we are. Let's pretend we're friends and, and we're in school together and you do something terrible. And you're going to get in trouble. But I say, as a good friend, listen, I'll tell the teacher, I did it. It was my fault, right? You go home and watch your Netflix. I'll stay home, I'll stay at school and, and take the punishment, right? There, there's an immediate transaction, Right? But how do you know for sure that what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on the cross is for you today in 2018? How do you know that? See, they get trickier, don't they? He's a living God, yeah, yeah. But how do you know what he did is for you? How does it? Ah, faith. Faith in God's promise. Faith in God's word. Jesus says, I will do this for you. I will die. I will rise. Guess what? He did it. And because Jesus rose from the dead, we can trust in his promises. That what he has done for you is for you. So this, first and foremost, is about faith. I believe that God's word is true and that what he has done for me is true. All those blessings come to you through the gift of faith. And there's another way. Something that most of you uh, have in your life, on your timeline. Some of you, it happened, what was that? Baptism. Right? For you all, it was 13, 14 years ago. For the rest of you, it was 20, 35, 65. Stop there. In baptism, we use language like washed of your sins and brought into the family of God. 
But St. Paul says something deeper happens. He says, those of you who are baptized were baptized into his death. In baptism, you died with Christ on the cross. But Christ didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. So also in baptism, you are risen to new life. I like to tell uh, students and anyone I talk to, you should never tell anyone that you were baptized. Never say, I was baptized. Instead, say, I am baptized. It's not just an event that happened long ago. It's a reality for you now. It is your identity. You have been covered with Christ's righteousness. And there's a third way. We get to celebrate it at resurrection every Sunday at every service. You will get to celebrate it today. You'll come forward and you'll hear these words. This is my body. This is my blood given for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. Three ways that God has assured us that your sins are forgiven. And they all are given to us through faith. We believe in his word, his promises. We believe in the gift of his baptism. We believe in the gifts of the Lord's Supper given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Now, as baptized, redeemed children of God, what are we supposed to do? Just sit here and abide in that? Yeah, that's good. That feels good. Or maybe we go back to where we start. God has called us to follow his commandments. To love God and to love our neighbor as ourself. Jesus says, this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Jesus goes on, you are my friends as you do what I command you. True joy comes first from knowing, from believing that Christ loves you. That he gave his life for you. So yes, we can abide in that love. If things aren't going your way, you can be assured that Christ's love is for you. And you can find joy in that. But as we discovered earlier, we can't just sit still. God has not called us to sit still, but to get up and move. Jesus says, as love others as he has loved us. And so true joy also comes from doing what God has commanded us to do. To love our neighbor as ourself. I have spoken these things so that you might have joy to the full. I think the easiest way to talk about sin is to think about selfishness. Sin is selfishness when you think about yourself above anyone else, especially above God. And I happen to think that the times when I'm most miserable in my life, when the times when I'm least filled with joy, are the times when I'm thinking only about myself. What are the things that I want to do? What are the things that I've accomplished? What are the things that are going to make me happy? All these things can bring us temporary happiness or joy, but they leave us utterly empty because we make them all about me. You know, binge-watching eight seasons of a show in three days, which I'm close to doing. (laughs) Countless hours of practice, right, whether it's music or sports, so you can make the team or do a good job. Sharing all your snapshots of life on social media and keeping up with others. Those things can bring us happiness and joy. But as we've discussed, they can also very quickly leave us empty. And leave us thinking only about me. 
And if I'm thinking only about me, then I'm not abiding in Christ's love. So for you, confirmation students, and for all of us, I hope and pray that you will find joy in the truth that Christ speaks to you. When he says to you, I have chosen you, I love you, I have died for you, my friends. And I also pray that you would fulfill his joy in your life by choosing to love others just as much, if not more, than you love yourself. If you have ever given or served for the good of someone else out of the kindness of your heart, then you know the joy that can come from that. And God, in his wisdom, has given that to us as a command and a promise that joy will follow when we love God and we love our neighbor as ourself. That is the life we have in Christ. That is the life he calls each and every one of you today, especially you, our confirmation students. Christ calls you to a life of service, of love to your neighbor. And so I hope and pray that all of you will love God with your whole heart, mind, and strength. Come here and receive and hear God's word and the gifts he offers. I hope and pray that you will find ways in your life to love other people, to love your neighbor as yourself, and do that more than you're doing now. And in so doing, I pray that you will abide in Christ's love and know the joy he brings for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.